0: Welcome to the Engaging Missions radio show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really happy to have Brent and Temple Cundal here with me today in Sound Paradigm Studios, which is owned by my friend Jeff Butterworth. Brent and Temple are called to be musicianaries to London, England. They're currently in the States raising funds to make the leap. Some people might be confused by a calling to a developed country, especially country like the UK, which was the launching pad for such people as the Wesley brothers, as well as the home of C.S. Lewis, to name just a few. But their call is specific to the South Asian community of Southall, where they feel, where it can feel more like India than England. In addition to our interview, Brent and Temple will be offering you a special treat, which is why we're in Spound Paradigm Studios today instead of talking over Skype. Okay, guys. I've given a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute? Tell us about yourself and your ministry. We want to get to know you personally.
1: Uh, great. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Temple and I, sing and play as worship leaders. We've, uh, we've worked on the worship team at Christ Community Church for several years now. Uh, and then we've also been involved in an organization um, that I started uh, called the World Music Mission which is designed to put musicians into service opportunities. And through some uh, work that we did with the World Music Mission and some connections that we made um, in London uh, is kind of what led us here. The uh, The team in London had said that they were really interested in growing their worship uh, program to become more culturally relevant to the Indian community there in South Hall. Uh, so they were really looking for, um, for someone to just come in, to not just lead worship, but to help grow worship as a, as a culture there, to help uh, raise up musicians, and to also to help to, uh, to find Hindi-speaking songwriters to equip them to write some, some hymnody and some uh, worship music that's uh, Hindi, Hindi-spoken and based. So that's kind of how we, uh, we ended up pointing ourselves toward London. Okay. And now that we know you just a little bit, can you share with us a
0: scripture or a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you? And then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior and how you're going about this.
2: The first one that comes to mind for me is the one in Revelation about the uh, tongues, tribes, and people groups all worshiping together. And uh, we kind of take that um, as a mandate, And not just a a suggestion, but that's that's what uh, we're trying to create here, the kingdom building that we're trying to do. That's what it will look like.
0: Okay. Now, as we get into your story, you know, we've heard this motivational quote or this this scripture, really, from Revelation. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the foundation for what you're doing and how you're trying to do it. But we also know that not everybody's life is always just uh, unicorns and rainbows, right? (laughs) There are some challenges and some difficulties. So we'd like to hear about a time in your journey. And I think there are probably going to be a few because you're raising funds right now. But a time in your journey when you, maybe your back was against a wall and you really needed a breakthrough or that time when you really had that challenge and then God came through for you.
2: Mm. Yeah, I can think of a few. Uh, Personally, for me, I had one recently. I don't particularly like talking on the phone and it's that's one of the things that we have to do when we're raising funds is call people up and ask for money and it's you know that's the other thing that's difficult is actually making that ask I mean we're I'm from the south and I mean maybe it's the same in the north I don't know but the way that we're raised down here is you just you just don't do that (laughs) you know so I had to really you know get over that fear and um, I remember breaking down and crying because I knew I was going to have to make this phone call that I so did not want to make, and I just prayed for God to give me the strength to do it, and He did. You know, He came through for me. I was able to do it. That's a small, that's a small one, but.
1: And it was a phone call that led to uh, to some big support because it was for a particular event that ended up going really successfully. So we could see the fruit, you know, down the line of something that was really difficult for her to do.
0: Yeah. And with that, we're actually going to move all the way to the other end of the spectrum. We've talked about that challenge, but we also know though there are those times when God gives us that moment of revelation, that time when, you know, just everything seems to open up and things seem so clear. So can you take us to one of those times where God really just kind of opened up the heavens and showed something to you and then share with us what you've been doing to take what God showed you and to run with it?
1: Wow. Well, I would say something that probably uh, – an obvious one is the week that we spent in a vision casting trip in London. Um, we, we spent a week on the ground there with the with the church, New Life My um, And at the end of the week, after serving with them, uh, after, you know, breaking bread with them, fellowshipping, worshipping, uh, seeing what a, a week in South Hall was like, um, they invited us onto the team. Uh, as we were riding in the car to the airport, the team leader said, you know, we really just feel like you guys are, uh, are what we need here. You have a unique skill set and it fits in a way that we really feel we can grow the church. Uh, so that affirmation, you know, because we really weren't sure, you know, we, we went over in an unsure way to try it out and we were prepared to come home and go, no, this wasn't our fit and that's okay. Uh, we, we wanted to give it every opportunity. Uh, but after that week of being there and having their team leader, you know, look at us and say, this is something we really think that you should do. And, 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 uh, and we want you on the team. It was a big affirmation. And that was probably the big push point that put things into motion and caused us to go, okay, this is for real. This is not just, uh, something that we, that we were thinking about or, you know, toying with this is for real. They want us and, and we need to make a commitment and, uh, at that point is when we went through an approval process with World Harvest, which was also very much an affirmation. Uh, We went into that praying very much that God would give us the right answer, not send us to London. Uh, We were not begging him just to send us over there. In fact, if you look at some of the things, you know, the, the, the environment that Gets caused when a family goes t- on the field. Uh, it'd be a lot easier for us to stay here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so we prayed actively, you know, for the right answer through that. Um, and after three days of poking and prodding and asking us really personal questions and deep, hard, emotional things, uh, they said, "Yeah, we we agree with the team there, and we feel like you you are called to this, and and, and uh, we want to see it happen." So, I think those two big affirmations for us. Especially since we, we went into neither with, of those expecting a particular answer, we went into it asking God to show us what He needed us to see. Uh, and then when those two affirmations came, it was on. You know at that point we really felt like you know we need to stay on this road until God shows us something else..
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the challenges that I think uh, missionaries can face, especially coming from some place like the States, is to walk into a situation and kind of feel like we already know what's needed. Um, you know, taking our culture and taking it someplace and trying to kind of superimpose that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably even more challenging when you come into a situation where you've been brought in as a resource mm-hmm. and they're going, hey, we recognize that you're good at this. Mm-hmm. Can you come here? So do you have any plans for how you, could, how you can go into this as both a learner and an expert at the same time?
2: Great question. Yeah, that is good. I think one way that we're hoping that that will be uh, taken care of to some extent for us is that this church has been planted for a number of years already, and um, they have some relationships already established, and they've learned quite a bit about that particular community in the time that they've been there. So we will be looking to our team leader and the other team members quite a bit to guide us through those things. Um, We are fortunate in that where we're called to be the language is not going to be a barrier so that that's helpful um and that the people that are in this community while they are from a different culture they're also trying to assimilate to a specific culture which is the british culture so there's several elements coming together there so we're all kind of going to be learning together i think um and so hopefully they'll they'll have a certain amount of forgiveness for us
1: (laughs) and the expertise part i think they also trust us in that uh, one of the conversations that led to this relationship was them saying to us, "We know how to plant churches, and, and but we just don't know how to vet worship leaders. We we don't know what makes a good worship leader. We just know that we need one." Uh, so I think they're really looking to us uh, to provide you know that framework for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's and because excellent. he
2: learned about ethnomusicology when he was in school. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, learning about how to take. Um, the music that's from their culture and it help them take that and turn it into a, a worship music. So we think of it as heart music, you know, because when you think about the music that you grew up with, the hymns or whatever gospel, for me it's, um, gospel bluegrass. And uh, when I listen to that and I hear, you know, the dobro and all of that stuff, it really gets to me and pulls my heartstrings. And so, we, you know, they'll be using tabla and, you know, not just using the tabla, but their their forms, their musical forms and modes and all that stuff to, to make it feel um, comfortable and, and compelling.
1: And culturally relevant. Yes, exactly. You know, I th- think that's one of the big parts here is they, they don't want... Another, or just a worship team to come over and, and translate American hymns. I mean, there's a place for that, and we do certainly amount, an amount of that. Uh, but I think they're looking for a longer investment of let's, let's find the guy in South Hall who can write this from an Indian perspective, and let's help equip him, and let's get him into the studio and help to usher him through the process so that maybe we can begin to, to see their language grow as opposed to superimposing our tunes uh-huh. into, their, into their language.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. And I, I love your heart in this, to raise up people, not to not to glorify yourselves. I think yeah. that's great. With that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the present day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We want to hear maybe something that's going on currently in your ministry, maybe something that's really exciting you, or maybe something that you see coming in the future.
1: Wow. Uh, one good report that we got recently from uh, from New Life Masigar, the church on the ground there in South Hall, was that um, they have four baptisms happening over the next month and there was a buddhist a sikh a hindu and a muslim that all came to Jesus and are accepting Christ as and becoming part of the church so it's really it kind of gives you a really interesting look uh, a cross section of what we're talking about in living in South Hall um, you know if you if you look at the indian average population is 2% christian around the world Um, then you have an opportunity in a place like South Hall that's just amazing. If 98 out of 100 people are non-Christian and actively worshiping other other gods and and other religions, that's a huge opportunity uh, for evangelism and to see... Four people from these different religions coming to Christ through this one church. I think it's pretty amazing.
2: It's exciting. But I also wanted to point out the model of evangelism for World Harvest, which has actually changed its name recently. They're now called Surge, Grace at the Fray. But anyway, um, the model of evangelism is to place a community of believers in an otherwise non believing community and just let the contagion of the gospel spread through it. So it's about building relationships, you know, and just just being friends with people, just, you know what I mean? Hanging out and and let Jesus do that work. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And, and I love the idea of finding places where people are already in transition mm-hmm. um, and then offering them that hope. I think that's that's wonderful. Now, you guys are also in an interesting position because all of the people I've interviewed in the past have been people who are either currently on the field or who have been on the field, mm-hmm. Um but you're actually raising support right now. So the question is, if there's somebody listening who's already supporting a missionary, either in prayer or financially, but they really want to level it up, they really want to raise the level of their game, what's one thing they could do to really encourage or support a missionary?
1: Oh, wow. Boy, um, I mean, the obvious one is, uh, is financial, uh, and because that's such a constant. And... Uh, I think it's ironic that missionaries, especially those like in in our organization where we have to raise support before we can serve, uh, it's really ironic that a person that's called to do and and hopefully gifted to do a particular job uh, first has to do another job well that they're not called or equipped to do, which is raise money, (laughs) which is raising support. Uh, So, I mean, that is you can't downplay that Uh, financial support is huge. And and stepping up a a donation to a current missionary, they notice that they'll see that on a report and it means something.
2: Yeah, And I Uh, think someone that's been on the field for a while could probably give you a a million other great answers to that question. You know, I mean, one of the things I was thinking of was just like um, gift cards for a night out somewhere or. Offering them a place to, to stay when they come back on furlough, maybe mm. a vacation home or something like that that they could go spend a week at. I just uh, there's lots but of things for right? us. What we're fo- so focused on right now is the financial, which is why that's the first thing that comes to our mind. Yeah, it's so
1: obvious. And then I have also talked to other missionaries on the field, and communication is a big thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, knowing uh, that their constituents and their partners are paying attention and are connected, uh, so that that email that can come out of the blue from nowhere really can mean a lot to a guy on the field, you know, just to know, Hey, they're still paying attention at home. They're still thinking about us.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. I remember, and I'm really glad you mentioned the fundraising because I remember a conversation I had a few weeks ago with Pebbles Thompson, who runs a ministry here in the States. And she had gone through a season where it felt like all she was doing was raising funds. Now she was already on the ground, already doing the work. And she, I, she remembered talking to a mentor who said, if all you do for the rest of your life is raise funds for this ministry, is the cause worth it? And she went, Yeah, the cause is worth it. I don't want to be a fundraiser, but if that's what I gotta do, this cause is worth it. So wow. it, it was pretty it was a pretty amazing conversation. That's powerful. With that, it's time for us to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us with your amazing answers. Does
2: <laughs> that,
0: that sound like a plan? <laughs> yeah, go don't
2: hold it. your breath. <laughs>
0: I know that you guys are fresh into this. You're raising support, and you've been doing that for a little while. But what's one thing you wish you would have known before
1: you started out? I think there's a handful of things that we would have liked to have known. The one that's most obvious to me, though, is the, uh, is the amount of personal interaction involved in, uh, in, in true relationship building. Uh, my background is in graphic design and communication, so I look at numbers, I look at traffic flow, uh, I look at problem solving, and I think that those are the ways to, you know, to to make this happen. We are musicians. We assume concerts. Boy, this is just right up our alley. And what we found really is that uh, our, our partners come on because of individual connections, because of phone calls, because of coffees, because of lunches, because of the individual ask um, and that's tougher. That's harder for us. We, we're not as good at, at that part, uh, but it's the key. And I think any missionary would back that up. That that's, that's really where your big support is going to come from is the individuals. It's a relationship building process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the best advice you've ever received?
2: This doesn't really have anything to do with being a missionary, but my mom once told me, don't let one mistake ruin the rest of your life. I think that was pretty good advice.
1: That's good. Uh, Best advice for missionary. I know that we've gotten some really good wisdom um, and guidance from a missionary couple that actually served in South Hall and then later served in India, um, and they are members of our church and have been really walking with us. Um, and I think overall, uh, they are really pushing us to rely on Jesus. Uh, I, I remember asking him, uh, the the husband, that they served in India for eight years. And the first four years that they served in India, basically no one in the in the uh, village would talk to them. So they spent four years with not a lot of fruit for their efforts. Uh, and I remember asking him, how, how did you deal with that on year three, day 252, when they're <laughs> still not talking to you? Uh, and he said, I just had to you know, rely on Jesus. I had to trust that Jesus had me there for a reason and that Jesus was going to work this out. And it wasn't for me to recognize the fruit. It was just for me to do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was really profound.
0: What's one thing that someone did to encourage, support, or help you?
2: Well, we've had so many people praying for us. And we have a couple of real big cheerleaders um, that have organized events for us, um, Linnell, McDonald, she has organized a run, a fun run, a couple times, two different years for us. And um, Pauline. Pauline, yes, she's organized a silent auction for us uh, two years again in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, just lots of prayers and.
1: Oh, lots of it. Uh, lots of moral support.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, lots of uh, people around our church who are uh, praying in groups for us.
2: And I think it's really funny that before we started this, I think he probably knew a few missionaries because of the work that he was doing, but I didn't know any. I knew no missionaries. <laughs> and now we have at least, we had at one time, three sets of former missionaries in our church that were helping lead us through this, that have become our mentors. And those just, I mean... That's such a God thing. You know, I mean, I could so see that he had orchestrated that for our benefit, that we could talk to them and ask them specific questions. And, you know, it's just beautiful. Mm.
0: Can you share with us one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to your success?
2: Mm.
0: Not a single one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of a thing. (laughs) This is all God. This is so, like... Exactly. The question should really be, how are you successful in spite of the things that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are this along, um, I, I think uh, we're both people. People, uh, we're we're both uh, engage in relationships well, uh, and I think at the bottom of all of this and the way that World Harvest Surge uh, believes in ministry is so much about relationship building. So we know going in that we don't have to be. Billy Graham, and we don't have to be the greatest. You
2: don't have to be something other than what we are. What
1: we are. Um, and so that makes this a lot easier to, to answer that call.
2: Yeah. yeah. And actually one of the missionaries there in um, London, he took us out and we ate shawarma together. Um, he, he told us that, now don't don't go thinking that once you get on the field that all of a sudden you're going to become all holy and pious. <laughs> you know? He's like, you're still going to be who you are with all your wobbles intact. You know? So that was actually kind of that's good. Yeah, kind of a good thing to hear because (laughs) I think I might have expected that.
0: (laughs) So a a number of our visitors or our listeners are missionaries as well as some people that are called to the marketplace. Um, And one of the things I like to do is offer them some resources that you use. So is there an internet resource that you use that you'd like to share with our visitors?
1: Boy, um, I the. We do our website using WordPress, uh, which has been really good for us. Uh, that way we can do our own. We didn't have to do a lot of web development to have a website that's actually doing a lot of things for us. Uh, there were some great templates out there. So setting up the web thing was really easy using WordPress. Um, we also uh, we have Google Analytics hooked up to everything that we do uh, on the web. So I can, I can check. Con- we did an online concert broadcast in december at mm-hmm. the for, yeah, for, for christmas, christmas uh, which was really cool we were able to uh, partner with seal keyworks in mm-hmm. franklin and do a broadcast from there streamed it on our website and i was able to check all the traffic reports the next day uh, so we try to you know we try to use the tools uh, at our disposal certainly being a web designer that makes it a little bit easier for me uh, but we're totally into the you know social media facebook works really well for us we have probably 350 followers on facebook now we've got a mailing list with about 200 people uh so the, the big thing for us technology wise is the website yeah and the mailing
2: list is mailchimp i think right
1: yeah we use mailchimp as the as our mailing uh it's been fantastic it's free as long as you keep the number of mailers down to less than 10,000 or something crazy yeah. Uh, so yeah free tools are good mm-hmm. um, and our website is templeandbrent.com um welcome anybody to check it out. And if they have any questions, I'd love to talk about it. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're definitely kindred souls because I'm a huge fan of WordPress. Mm-hmm. I like Google Analytics and I use MailChimp myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you guys are... You, the you, trifecta. Yeah, you're my people. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's one book that you would recommend for our listeners?
2: You know, I just finished one um, called From Fear to Freedom. It was uh, by uh, Rosemary Miller. Okay. And... She just goes through and, and talks about this journey that she went on, uh, coming from this perfectionistic attitude and background, and kind of um, believing that she had a relationship with God, that she was really just a moralist, and how she, how God drew her out of that into Himself through a series of things that were really really difficult in her life. I just think it's a very encouraging book.
0: Okay, now this last one's a bit tricky, but. I know that you're heading out on the mission field, so I know you've already been spending some time thinking about this. Imagine you woke up tomorrow in a brand new country where you don't know anybody. Your family's still there and all of your food and shelter are covered, but all you have with you is a laptop and $500 US. What do you do for the next seven days?
2: Whoa. Wow.
1: With our family, that would just about feed us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think I would be looking up all the the great sites and uh, free things you could do, like great parks to go to, and you know, hiking and um, things like that.
0: Yeah. Now, your, your food and shelter are covered.
1: So. Yeah. Okay. So food and shelter are covered. Yeah. Um, and as far as hitting the ground, if it was London, um, you know, I, I would see us. Uh, trying to get things rolling musically. I mean, we really are excited about uh, what we're going to do in worship leading there at New Life My cigar. We're also excited about our own music and the ability to share that We, you know, there's good opportunities there. So, probably if London's like Nashville, that $500 would be about what it would take to get a gig.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we kind of had some hopes. There's a place called Camden Town. Um, They actually have a church plant. World Harvest also has a church plant there. And it's more of a young urban area. And, uh, We were kind of thinking that our duo thing that we do might go well there in a coffee house or someplace like that. So we could do kind of a mix of God music and secular stuff that we do and hope that that would open up conversations with some of these young people.
0: Okay. Now we're almost done. Would you share with us one last piece of advice, maybe one more piece each, and then how we can get in touch with you and then we'll say goodbye to this part of the interview.
1: I think uh, as far as for somebody that might be considering mission work, uh, I'd say the first thing I would say is you're not crazy, <laughs> um, even though it may seem that way. Uh, listen to your heart. Listen to the tuggings in your heart. Um, our situation and our call did not happen because of a great voice that came down from the clouds and bolts of lightning and, and whatnot. What we, uh, Our call came across uh, through some different situations that were really just us paying attention and answering. And saying, "Hey, that sounds like," and what about this? And and paying attention to those. God, to me, I, I believe there's no coincidences. God's working, and had been working our plan for a long time, and it just took us paying attention and getting connected to it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say if you're considering mission work at all, that's half the step if you're even considering at all. Uh, but then look and listen. You know, what are those situations that find that you find yourself in that you should be paying attention to that God's you know pulling you along on the path. Okay.
2: I think the, the thing that I would say is that in the last six months or so, I've been in a couple different Bible studies and read a few different books, and it seems like the thing that God keeps impress, impressing upon me is that I need to focus more on Him um, in in my daily life, in my hourly life, that I need to be. Um, considering him and just asking for his presence, asking for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on me and on my family. And, um, and that's, the, that's one of those things that he promises you, that you are promised in the Bible, that if you ask for that, he'll give it to you. So we can um, revel in that and we can rest in that. So that's, that's my best advice.
0: Okay.
1: And the best way for someone who's listening to get in touch with you? Uh, definitely the website. Uh, go to templeandbrent.com. Okay. Uh, we have contact information there. We have support information there. If somebody wanted uh, to jump on board, they could do it all through can the listen site. listen to
2: music there.
1: Yeah, we have videos and music samples there, and uh, and the whole story, our testimony is all there. So definitely check there. And then also on Facebook, uh, you can look for Temple and Brent, and we uh, we do pretty good updating the Facebook page as well. So those are the two big – that's the big avenues.
0: Okay, so templeandbrent.com. And for those who are listening, that will all be linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash cundle, and that's c-u-n-d-a-l-l that's the end of our time with brent and at temple Kundal. now they'll be back in just a couple minutes to share a song with us so you'll definitely want to stick around for it you'll find the notes for today's show at engagingmissions.com slash or slash 15 we'll have a summary of the show as well as links to all the resources we talked about right there at engagingmissions.com slash cundle. Brent and Temple had several ideas for ways that you could connect with and encourage a missionary. One of the easy ones is just to send an email to let them know that you're there and that you're listening. Why not do that today? They also mentioned that you could give a missionary something that they might not buy or even ask for themselves. This was also something that Brent Basler mentioned in his interview. If you know a missionary who is itinerating or raising funds, why not give them the resource for fundraising? Our former guest, Darius Walker, has created the Be a Fully Funded Missionary Program to help a missionary raise their support. If you want to give that as a gift, visit engagingmissions.com slash BFFM and click on the little present icon next to your email address when you check out. That's engagingmissions.com slash BFFM. We're just about to head back to Brent and Temple in Sound Paradigm Studios. Before we do, I want to thank them for doing this interview and recording the song, Jeff Butterworth for opening up his studio, and you for being here with us. It's great to have you. If you have any feedback or questions, just email me at feedback at engagingmissions.com. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.